Her head rolled across the floor to the front door. That was the very scene my mother walked in on. This is what Sheriff Gardner had to say about it. It's, uh, it's disturbing that this tape is still online. Um, we always expend every effort to take these videos down, but sometimes that's yeah, it's just not enough. Well, is there anything you can do about it? Well, it's, uh, it's a somewhat quick process working with Facebook now. If we see something, we can usually get it pulled almost instantly, but there are websites that are filled to the brim with homicide videos, and there's just very little we can do about it. For legal purposes, we're going to refer to the website where the Rubedeck hosted his homicide videos as stream leaks. What did the tape tell you about this murderer? A lot. It became clear when looking at the video that this was a disturbed individual with professional engineering skills, someone with a higher set of ideals, someone who knew exactly what they were doing and had probably killed before. Well, we definitely know that they killed after. Yeah, well, that we do. Yesterday on June 6th, Carlos Anaceto was found dead in his barn decapitated. Sources report that the circumstances of the crime are similar to the murder of Lorena Salas. Police are on high alert. The only difference was that this time, the victim's mouth was no longer gagged. But the killer soundproofed the barn so no one could hear him. Yeah, Carlos's case was, was just like your aunt's, just incredibly strange. He was a single farmer, lived by himself, kept to himself. No one seemed to have any ill will toward him. Yet once the DEA got word of the Anacito homicide, they became intimately involved in the investigation. Sheriff Gardner, what evidence did you have that this was narcotics-related? Well, it didn't look personal. There was no explicit sexual element of the crime like most serial killers. You know, your classics like Dahmer and Bundy. Uh, there were no incidents of sexual violence, no attempt to dispose of the bodies, or even a desire for the killer to be present for the event. Uh, the emphasis was on the public perception of the act itself. But what does that have to do with drugs? Well, these cartels have a penchant for posting some of their most heinous killings online. This killer also clearly had the means to afford cameras and materials to build these elaborate devices and presumably the manpower. I mean, the only murderers this violent, calculated, and resourceful were Sicarios from Mexican cartels. This fit the profile. Is that enough of a correlation? Well, if that isn't enough for you, consider the environment. At the time, Juarez was the key battleground in a turf war between the Zeta and the Sinaloa cartels. So the timing didn't seem inconsequential to that either. Hmm. In a certain sense, he wasn't wrong. My tia never used drugs, never got involved with narcos, and was never one to risk her safety. Yeah, but you yourself mentioned what life was like in Juarez before you left. These drug wars always have collateral damage. It isn't too far-fetched to assume that the violence began spilling over into the states. To further my point, this is what a neighboring Texas sheriff had to say about it on CNN in 2011. Now, entire towns have fallen to the cartels, and they've unleashed a campaign of terror where hundreds